this this podcast is about being open and being your fucking self. <laughs> That's a drop right there. It's a sound drop. I'm gonna throw this that in there. Podcast is about being this open. podcast is sponsored by Love. <laughs> Music from the past and the present with artists of the future. A quick footnote. There's a ton of genres and tons of music. There is so much that I actually get lost and I don't know what to listen to sometimes when I go into the interwebs. We can't talk about every single artist, genre, etc., etc. It's impossible. So if you'd like us to talk about a specific artist or have somebody come in that's on tour, coming through the Philly area, email. Dude, check this out. Music podcast, one word, at gmail.com. And, uh... This podcast is hosted by Hambone Relay. Uh, I'm in Hambone Relay. My name is Rob. I'm the drummer of Hambone Relay. And on the computer is Mark Brown, who is the leader of Hambone Relay. Hey. Mark is also sick again, so Mark will try his damnedest to... I'm actually feeling much better. Ah. And I've got a delicious beer next to me. I feel like it's the beer that's finally... uh, And some almonds, and I'm feeling great. Which is it? (laughs) Which is helping you get over the edge? The beer. Every 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 podcast we have a different co-host. Today we have the wonderful Emily Drinker. I'm gonna tell a very very fast story. Hello, Rob. So when hello, I was Mark. on, <laughs> sorry, it's okay. I had to say hello first. Hello, hello, people. Hello. Um, when I was on tour with a gentleman by the name of Boy Wonder, shout out Boy Wonder. We shout went out. to um, uh, a fake South by Southwest. It was a, it was a. He brought a band, but he basically he has set up a string of shows at South by Southwest unofficially. But it's not and fake. It's still South by Southwest. It's just. It was. It was just outside of the air quotes unofficial showcases. But you only be able to see the air quotes if you go to our YouTube page and watch the video um, of this podcast. Air quotes again. So, I went on tour with Boy Wonder. It was me, Will Winborn on keys. Um, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Was on bass. It was his buddy and I. Oh man, I can't oh remember no. his name. Either. You blew it. It's been a long day, and but Boy Wonder basically took us down there, and we had a couple friends with us. Cat, great singer songwriter, was with us, and her uh, boyfriend. And anyway, so we played a string of shows, drunk most of the nights. But mm. on this run is where I met Emily Drinker. Um, See, I at, don't remember this. Well, I met. It's a you, bad way to start, right? <laughs> I met you at the Love Goat. Oh, I do remember that. You do remember meeting at the Love Goat? I think so. Do you remember if you played in the beginning of the night at that show or the the, uh, the end? I have no idea, but I do briefly remember meeting you. Okay. At the Love Goat. And, and you were playing with who unofficial. again? So I had a band back then. This was 2015, I think, right? Maybe? No, it must have been earlier. I think 2014 it was 2014. or 2015? I think it was 2014. Yeah, I had just come back from... I used to work on cruise ships. That's a whole other story. But I was home we'll in between ships trying to figure out what to do. And I had only done one cruise ship gig and was just sort of starting out playing in bands. Mm. And I was home and uh, started a band with two friends of mine, Andrew Napoli and Ryan Lutz. Mm-hmm. And uh, Good dudes. I think I met Andrew at an open mic at Time. 
Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And so we formed a band, a little trio, and we were playing a lot of my tunes, a couple of his tunes. And we won Boy Wonders, like, Battle of the Bands for this South by Southwest Oh, I had forgotten he thing. had done that. Yes. He did it, was it at, at like, World Cafe? Dobbs. Or was it Dobbs? Got it. <laughs> Legendary Dobbs. Rest in peace. No more, yes. Yeah. So that was pretty cool because I had never really been in a band. My The only band I had been in immediately prior to that was this cruise ship band, mm-hmm. which, you know, I met the dudes on Craigslist. It was not like a real band at all. We were kind of terrible. And <laughs> we were just kind of smushed together for the purpose of playing on this ship for four or five months together in Europe. Like I literally met them on Craigslist, flew to Spain, got on the boat, needed to learn like a hundred songs in the first week. Did you know did you know all the like had the list of songs before you flew out or No. So we created our own repertoire. Uh-huh. I I actually met up with them before we left in their hometown in North Carolina to like rehearse and get ready, but it was like a week. We didn't we didn't even know each other. So we spent most of the time getting to know each other. Anyway, this is a huge tangent already. No, it's okay. So that was like my only ban- time being in a band. And so I came home and I was like, that was super cool. I don't know if I'm going to go back to that job. These mm-hmm. dudes are cool. They want to play my songs. It you, was really exciting that we like won this boy wonder thing because then we got to go to Austin and like, yeah. you were saying it's fake South, South by Southwest. Well, I told everybody I was playing South by Southwest. <laughs> I did not have any quotes around that. I was like, y'all play South by Southwest. Well, I, I, I thought I was hot shit. I was so, I felt so cool and it was well, super fun. It was a lot of fun. I remember, uh, Quick story. The shirt I'm actually wearing is from that show or from that run unintentionally. This, it says Young Pandas. They were a band that uh, played uh, that first night, not at the Love Goat. They were playing another room, but we were trashed because it was my first tour and I was inexperienced. So I was just like, yeah, party. That's what we do on the yeah. road, right? So funny story about this shirt. I got this shirt. I put it on. I got undressed. I was wasted so i i got topless put this shirt on i know mark's turning around like surprise um <laughs> but then here's the weirdest part then i met hannibal burris who saw me do this what? whole thing what yeah and he and and apparently boy wonder was standing next to me i'm blacked out uh he and apparently i had said something derogatory but i don't remember what it was hannibal hannibal Burris just goes oh that's what you're about all right, uh, <laughs> and walked away. And Andre uh, was like, Dude! "Don't remember a lick of it. Don't don't remember meeting him. Don't remember talking to him." Yeah, but that's the story of this shirt. And, that's and cool. That from, you met a famous person. Yeah. So the key to this story is don't get wasted on the first night of tour, kids. Uh, Try to wait, wait it out. <laughs> funny you met him, or even though you don't remember, because we saw we didn't meet, but we saw Bill Murray during that tour. You did Where? in Austin. Like, and now that's sort of a, a famous story that he was there during that South by, and he went to a random bar and started bartending and just like, I'm Bill Murray. I can like do whatever I want. And everyone <laughs> loves me. And like, it's true. I think there's a bartending? show about it or a movie or something on Netflix. Somebody was telling me like, oh yeah, there's this thing about Bill Murray and he just does whatever he wants. He goes into bars and starts bartending. I'm like, yes, he did that when we were in Austin. We weren't at the bar, but we saw him on the street with like a huge posse surrounding him. That would be awesome. I know, it was cool. That's really cool. That's crazy that that's where we met. And you know what's funny is, this is a little embarrassing. I remember meeting you and then I forgot your name and then we re-met down the line through a couple friends of ours who we'll get to. But I had a question about... um, you said that your first band was that cruise ship band? Yeah. So you had no 
band like group experience before that? I had group experience acapella groups. Oh. <laughs> so it's a little different. So wait, so in school, so I'm guessing like middle school, high school, you're in the choir. Always in choir, mm-hmm. musical theater, big time. Were they like uh, what from like fourth show, grade on? Were they show girls or not show girls? That's show, ba- show, show bands. That's like what I meant. Glee club, like, yeah, like show choir. Like yeah, we didn't have that at my school. But starting in high school, I was in acapella, um, and then through college as well. And okay. I wanted to be on Broadway. That was my wait, really aspiration. Yeah, where? Um, or, I mean, like, uh, what was your big dream? Show, yeah, anything, and it's still kind of a bucket list idea. Like, if I could just be on a Broadway stage, I don't need to be in a sh- full on show, but if I could somehow like weasel my way into a as show, a, as like a very like small an extra, cameo, yeah, a cameo, like I don't know, make so it that big was my one little... goal, yeah. <laughs> I was Annie in sixth grade, oh, and it was my first like starring role. I remember coming home and my mom was just like screaming her head off like I don't believe you and I'm like I'm Annie it's so so funny did you blow your mom's uh, face off basically at this yes. performance really they also gave me a wig I have uh. red hair curly red hair like what are <laughs> what were they thinking they gave me this awful like this really bad wig just unnecessary we're gonna put I look photo exactly like Annie here <laughs> <laughs> and we'll check out check out that photo oh no um so were yeah, you, so were first taking, group was the band, uh, first band was on the cruise. But were you taking lessons vocally at the time, like like from a teacher or privately? Yeah, I took voice lessons as a kid. Mm-hmm. I started in like fourth or fifth grade. And that's when you wanted to do like show tunes? That yeah, was the, the, that that's was the, what I was prime. practicing and studying with the teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I quit. I didn't <laughs> take lessons for long. What a dick. Um, I know. <laughs> I was a dick. I could have been a great piano player and I quit and Fucking fifth grade. Oh, you did piano too. Yeah, piano my parents, I blame them. They let me quit. I could have been a prodigy because I started when I was in like kindergarten. I started really young Were on you piano. Uh, no, I didn't practice. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I kept singing, got a lot of confidence through like musical theater and got really into it. Went to school, then to college in New York City. I was like, yeah, I'm in New York. I'm going to go to Broadway. Did not fit in with the theater kids at my college at all. And then switched over to like songwriting. I, I just didn't vibe with them at all. I'd, well, it was partially ego. I didn't get cast in any leading roles hmm. really ever. Well, the, and was I was it like you went from small pond to big pond. And yeah. Very well. Kind of. Okay. And some of the kids at my school were like child stars. Mm-hmm. Like one girl was like in Les Mis when she was a, a kid. One girl was in Beauty and the Beast when she was a kid. There were some film actors because my school was extra like that. What school was it? It was Columbia University in New York. So there's some like, yeah, real smart people, real hotshot kind of people. So I went to Barnard, which is the women's college across the street. But you are kind of, it's, it's kind of one school. Like your Barnard College has its own curriculum, its own campus, its own whole thing. Super badass, feminist place, awesome. But my degree kind of came from Columbia. So I have a degree from both places. But does, and my like acapella un- group was there. It's it like un- an umbrella. It's an umbrella. So Columbia is like the big title. and then th- There's a bunch school. of other schools. Oh. There's like an engineering school. There's the women's school. Um, there's just Columbia College. Anyway, it's kind of a complicated relationship. 
between the women's college and the rest of the university. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like the, but it doesn't vibe with like their standards or yeah, it? it's just like it's a lot of things. But I felt pretty part of both schools because my acapella group was at Columbia. It was a co-ed group. All the theater I did was co-ed. Right. So. I have a question, though. It kind of goes back to when you were in high school. When, yeah. You are an amazing singer, but the one thing that... Thank you. Um, we just had a uh, little uh, behind the scenes. We just had Emily sing some backups and some some lead stuff on a, um, a new track that'll be coming out soon. You'll hear about it on the interwebs. But um, if you want to see some footage, go to our Instagram. But... Um, uh, you're amazing at doing harmony with yourself. Was that because you learned everybody else's parts in like uh, show choir and things like that? Were you doing that when you were a kid anyway? Like kind of mm. learning everybody's parts and then doing it by yourself? Or did that come later? That definitely came from acapella, okay. I would say. Because you really learn how to harmonize and sing with other people. You mm-hmm. have to. That's like the whole point of the, the thing. Right. There's no accompaniment. There's no accompaniment. Yeah. Okay. It's just voices. So you did say acapella. I'm a dumbass. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we'll keep that in. We keep Rob's dumbass comments in the podcast. Yeah. Um, we always do, man. We always do. We're bad at editing. Um, so so wait. So you learned that in in uh, high school? Then That's I start. When yeah, acapella hap- started. We started. Yeah, I started with acapella in high school. I think. And that's awesome. I'm aware it's it's a kind of a nerdy thing. People generally awesome. shit on acapella, but I learned so much, and that's how I learned to sing. Right. And then my group in college was amazing. The Columbia Clefhangers, shout out. And we were not one of the corny groups like, you know, have you seen Pitch Perfect? Yeah. It wasn't like that. We didn't do competitions. We were not like interested in that. Um, we sang a lot of events on campus and stuff like that. But anyway, the group was awesome. And it was sort of more of an R&B soul kind of. Kind they of leaned towards those kind of tunes. We did... Um, you're all I need to get by. Oh, Tammy yeah. Terrell and Marvin Gaye. We did that. We did I'll Be There, Jackson 5. We did... Um, the classics. Yeah, <laughs> we did a lot of really good classic soul tunes. And then we did a Maxwell song. <laughs> <laughs> we did Alicia Keys. My solos were, were um, Imagine by John Lennon. Mm-hmm. That was like my big solo. Uh, I did a Queen song, Somebody to Love. Wait a minute. And I kind of learned there how to like belt and to kind of let it rip and just get into it. Uh-huh. Like I, in, in, as a younger kid doing choir and stuff, I was pretty like, I have to be perfect on my soprano part. And then in college, I was like, oh, I have this low register. I can like go crazy. How I just learned how to sing in college way more. I don't know. It's getting lower and lower. I used to be crazy high. Mm-hmm. Ages of, I mean, you're in the yeah. age. Just don't hide it. Yeah. Yeah. My voice is getting higher and higher for some reason. So I keep getting kit in the nuts and along the way and it just keeps going. Um, but so you're learning how to harmonize. Are you recording yourself too at the same time or you're just listening back like going through college or what's the deal? At, like learning how to harmonize with yourself like for later because like you, you learn how to harmonize with yourself and do these incredible acapella performances. Looping stuff? Yeah, like looping. Is, were you kind of doing that at the time? I started writing, let's see, yeah, all of my earliest songs, and still how I write today is like with the loop station. Before I didn't have the looper, I just had GarageBand on my computer, Mm -hmm. and I realized this was, yeah, 
I guess right before college, I started to mess around because I got a laptop for going into school. And I didn't really play any instruments very well. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I'm just going to layer the shit out of this track and do like a million harmonies. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good. That was really fun. That's awesome. So then I just, that's kind of how I developed my songwriting, like by doing that, if that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. I still do that. But now I just get to use the looper. No, it's cool because that's like part of your like uh, secret 10,000 hours. You're like doing this yeah. for fun. You're in, you're in your, uh, ho- I mean, your in dorm room. Yeah, exactly. Just doing this for fun. Were you writing tunes at the time? First tune, I think I wrote my first song when I was a sophomore in college. Okay. And I still play. The first song I wrote is on my EP, is Cloudy. That's, that's the first a, song you ever yeah. wrote? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a great song. Thanks, Mark, have you heard Rob. her EP? I have. It's awesome. Oh, it's so good. Once I told myself that I would stop thinking, thinking of you. Once I told myself that it was time to play it cool. But it's not so easy when I see you walking down. And we're about to go in the studio soon and record my next album. Yeah. And uh, Rob's playing drums, y'all. Yeah, it's exciting. It's um, going to be really fun. Some of those songs, a lot of them are brand new, mm-hmm. but some of them are really old. Like Finish My Sentence mm-hmm. is old. That's from like when I was fresh out of college. Oh, wow. And dating some dude that I was not really that into. And I was like, hmm. How many of the, well, we're going in, I know we're going into the studio to help to start recording an album of yours, but how many of those tunes are um, from those days, from your college days, like recording and stuff? Just, I guess just that one. Wait, I'm trying to think. Finish My Sentence is pretty old. I was like 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, One-Armed Hug was like when I was 23. Right, because we played that one. Yeah, that's uh, old. Right. And then the rest are new. Okay. I think. Trying to keep it keep hmm. it fresh. Back to when you were young, were you the only person kind of singing in your family? Like, you have two brothers, right? Yes. Two or, older brothers. Two older brothers. And I know you have like a, a joke fun group with one of your brothers. Uh, you want to yes. tell, tell everybody oh, about that, that group real fast? Come on, come on. Tell people about it. Yeah, well, I'm more of like a secondary member. I'm not like one of the original members. Okay. But my brother, Will, who is hilarious and one of the zaniest most creative funniest person I, people i know mm-hmm. i can't speak 
he has this whole project with his friend Sam called the Time Life Pizza Collection. Yeah. And they have over 200 songs about pizza that they have written and they present it kind of as an infomercial. <laughs> like the scrolling, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, like infomercials on night. TV like selling the box set of the pizza, the songs from the pizza collection. That's amazing. So a couple uh, samples would be, and I sing all, I do sing on a handful of songs. Right. Um, some of my classic tunes that I'm on include all the pizza ladies, all the pizza ladies. <laughs> if you like it, then you should have put some cheese on it. Oh, if nice. You like it, then, uh, so did do, you make the infomercial like the video? And Yeah. It, it, I mean, all the songs are designed to be like. Just 20 sec- 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Because you don't really need to. It's a gimmick. It's just like, all right, I get it. I don't want to hear the whole song to be about pizza. But it's hilarious. He does amazing vocal impressions, like impersonations. Really? So he does like a really good Rod Stewart. He does he does so many. Like I said, there's over 200. We did a pizza rally last year outside of uh, a pizza shop in Fishtown. Oh, I remember seeing those photos. We got a permit from the city <laughs> to hold a rally. <laughs> It was ridiculous. That's hilarious. We were basically harassing the people in line waiting for pizza at Pizzeria Badia. Um, Where's that? That is now closed, but it was the super trendy spot on, what is it, Gerard and Shackamaxon, mm-hmm. like right in the corner. It was just like super fancy, quick, like you had to wait in line for hours to get your pizza. You ordered your dough in the morning and you wait in line. It's a whole thing. Wow. So people, there was a line of like, 40, 50, maybe more people waiting just all day. So, so we just set up shop across the street and sang to them about pizza with the PA set up with speakers and they didn't know what they were in for. <laughs> <laughs> and KYW came and covered it. Yeah, that's right. They interviewed. But we had our own press there, KPIW. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. That's really funny. Yeah, so my brother's goofy and we have fun with that. But Does your uh, mom or dad play or anything? Oh, yeah. You're asking about family. My dad plays guitar. Mm-hmm. He used to have a banjo, and he sold it. When that I was sucks. Before I was born, yeah. Do you find that what he, whatever he played kind of influenced you later? I think so. And my mom used to sing. She sang at a couple weddings, she said, like of her friends when she oh. was younger. Yeah, she That's was a good cool. singer. She would sing Joni Mitchell to me a lot when I was a baby, like Anything going to specific? sleep. And she, Joni Mitchell's my favorite. Circle Gleam. Oh. You know that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just listening to it the other day. It almost made my top five. Ooh. Of this week, but um, no, that's a good one. Uh, and my dad played a lot of um, James Taylor and like, yeah, they yeah. they got me into. I'm pretty into the stuff they exposed me to. I think they influenced me pretty heavily. Now that I think about it, it was like a lot of Beatles, James Taylor, Carol King, Joni, all these folks from like 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I was raised too. Yeah, all that, that stuff. That era of uh, singer songwriter. Singer songwriter. Yeah. It's really cool. Did you sing with them? Mm, No. Oh, okay. It was too early. Yeah. Too early. (laughs) It's awesome. And then my brother Will is a songwriter. And then my brother Dan is is an actor, and he performs a lot. Mm -hmm. He's pretty awesome. He just did something. He just did a uh, performance of uh, what? Sound of Music. Sound of Music. That's right. He was Captain Von Trapp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Proud sister. I like it. very proud. Oh, that's awesome. What other shows did you do? Like music, back to the musical theater stuff. Oh what other God. shows did you do? What, what? Rob, everyone's gonna think I'm so lame. No, this is great musical stuff. theater and acapella. Um, but I was, I was kind of a nerd. I did. So Annie was the first one. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first show was Once Upon a Mattress in fourth grade, but I didn't have a role. I did that show. You did that? Wait, you did theater? Yeah, I did that show. Yeah, I was uh, Prince Dauntless or whatever the character was. Oh, 
I was the mama's boy. Wow, Rob's got some acting chops. Dude, what's, what's up? You I watch have no out, idea. <laughs> hey, remember that new photo we just put out with the skull? That was how I really feel. Bro. Rob is doing Hamlet. I got some Hamlet. Right there. Oh, some Hamlet wow. <laughs> so, Juan, so moving forward, you, you joined this cruise ship band. Yeah. And 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 well, Han. So, what was the reason you joined the cruise ship band in the first place? Was it just like uh, money? Was it just you needed a change? Like what? Well, I knew I wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. You know, I had just graduated from Barnard. This was in 2012. I decided to stay in New York, and I lived in Brooklyn for a year after I graduated. So, you know, I was like 22, and I had no idea what I was doing and I wanted to perform I wanted to play and I just was like how do I how do I join a band I'm in New York there's like a zillion bands <laughs> but it, se- it seems so inaccessible yeah. and I was working three part-time jobs in New York my rent was insane it's like double what my rent is in Philly and this was in 2012 oh my god I can't even imagine <sighs> it was ridiculous and I lived in a shoebox like in the smallest room you can imagine I was working at A frozen yogurt shop. That's awesome. (laughs) As the manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got fired. I got another job at a different Froyo shop. I was fairly obsessed with frozen yogurt. I could tell. Don't ask me why. Okay, I won't. Um, I was also working for an acupuncturist in like near Union Square, which is a cool job. And then I worked also for at a domestic violence shelter in Brooklyn which was like the heaviest of my random jobs you know I'm like serving Froyo and then I'm going to the shelter and I started a music program at the shelter for the kids which was cool yeah but I was just like scraping by barely Mm -hmm. and I wasn't singing and I didn't know how to do it right in that city I think I did like a few open mics and I think I play I got a gig at like the coffee shop near my house but I just had never gigged so Except for like Boy Wonder had always thrown me some gigs when I was in college and he really kind of helped me out very, very early on mm-hmm. when I had no confidence that I could do that. But other than that, no gigs. So then I was just cruising around on Craigslist and there was an ad for this band. They already had the gig, or so they claimed, and they, uh, they needed a female vocalist. They mm-hmm. were auditioning girls. Went to this dude's like loft in Brooklyn in Williamsburg and I was like am I about to get murdered because back then Craigslist was not like I didn't let's just say I didn't tell my parents I was doing this just like showed up at a stranger's apartment to sing some songs for them I remember walking in and there were just trash bags all along the wall flat and I was like what's with the trash bags you guys they're like well we just had bed bugs so we're trying to do and I'm like why would you have me over your house (laughs) Well, I, to be fair, they had rented a rehearsal studio for the auditions, but I couldn't make it because I was working three jobs and I came late night to the audition and they're like, well, you can just come to our house. So I won't blame them, but still it was weird. No, it's really shitty. No, yeah, it was, it was shitty. Um, but I missed the, the hours when they had an actual appropriate space. Anyway, they picked me mm-hmm. and they said, here's the gig. I didn't tell my dad till I had the paper, like the letter of employment in my hand, the contract from the cruise line. Cause I was just like, for most of the whole time I was like, is this real? Is this like a real job? Or am I about to again, get Get murdered murdered. by these dudes? So it worked out and it was like one of the greatest things I ever did. Not that band in particular, but I came back, like I said, did it, you know, had a band with these guys, two friends of mine. And then, 
went back to the ship with a bunch of other friends, kept doing it, kept doing it, did it four times. Well, okay, so you go back onto a ship, but this time you've met somebody to go with you this time. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, the second time I formed my own band from Philly. Right. With some buddies. And that would be who? Well, the band was called Emily Drinker and the Nightcaps. Okay. Just perfectly corny for a cruise. And uh, it who was my... Who fine gentlemen? Oh, the fine gentlemen. So I knew these guys. I met them at Folk Fest. They're my besties now. Ethan Kane, mm-hmm. uh, who you also know, obviously. And... Eric Cooper. Mm-hmm. Actually, he didn't come on that one. He didn't come on the first uh, kind of funky tea. Oh, yeah, that's right. It cruise. was you and Ethan, and then who else? So we formed a random band because... So Ethan was a guy I met at the Philly Folk Fest years back. Mm-hmm. We hit it off. We realized we had really similar musical tastes, and we just vibed, and we're like, no, we should play music together. He was down to go. I said, hey, I just did this gig. I can bring my own band next time. We should do this. We get to go to Europe. We get to travel all around. It's really fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. He was down. The rest of his, he already had his own band, the Funky T. Right. They weren't all down. None of them were down at the time, except him, to leave their home and their, their life really? and their country. Uh, well, they all had different reasons. Um, yeah, so none of them were down. Like, Matt was still in school. Hoff had some family stuff funky going tea. on. Hoff's the guitar player, Funky yep. T. Yep. Uh, Coop. Had a girlfriend at the time that he didn't want to leave. Uh, yeah. It was, you know, they all had their reasons. It's kind of a lot to ask. It's like, hey, do you want to leave your whole life and just pick up and go to this thing? For me, as a young woman, I was like, yes, I don't have anything. I would love <laughs> to go do this. But, you know, other people have a lot of other stuff going on and different stages of their life. So I, I understood, but... Okay, so you guys come back from the second cruise. You finally convinced the gentleman of the yes. band, the Funky T, to become your band, and you take, go out on your third cruise ship. Yes, well, they went without me. So this is kind of a lot of unnecessary backstory probably, but I came back from cruising with Ethan yeah. and the Nightcaps. Okay. Totally destroyed my voice. Hadn't done party band before because my first, the Craigslist band, was more of an acoustic trio. So it was real easy, Bob Dylan tunes, you know, like at the small lounge. Mm-hmm. Nightcaps was like party band. We needed to keep the dance floor bumping all night. Like it was a wedding band, basically. Right. I hadn't done that. I didn't know how to sing for that. It was every night. You, it you was just like way more rigorous. Yeah. Nothing. I was super hoarse. Came home, took a whole year off, basically. Just got a job, like a desk job. I was home in Philly rehabbing. I went to rehab for my voice. No shit. I had a speech therapist. I had a voice teacher. And a doctor, all within the same doctor's office. This doctor, by the way, is legendary, and he just treats mostly singers. Is he the guy that's in Philly? He lives right on, um, or he works right on Broad Street. Uh, he works with a bunch of actresses, and yes, or worked, yeah, I can't remember his name. Help me, Saddleoff, Doctor Saddleoff. It's mm. kind of wild. His waiting room is like photos of actors I've and, had a few and singers. Go to him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it worked. <laughs> it was a it was a stressful year. I definitely felt shitty. <laughs> he told me I didn't do anything right. Basically, it was just like during the exam, I'm standing there, and he's like, "Have you ever taken a voice lesson?" I was like, yes, many mm-hmm. times, my whole life. He's like, "Well, you're not standing right. You're not breathing right." So I learned a lot. I got schooled oh. by saddle off, and now I hardly ever experience like hoarseness. How did that affect your mental well being? 
like you you were you were singing for like I don't know how long, both of those runs. What was that? Maybe a year and a half, two years. They were each for between four and six months. Okay, so about a two. year. Yeah. Total of just straight singing like this. Professionally, is what doing. making a salary. Yeah, I'm sure. And then all of a sudden you're done. You think you, in your head you're not sure if you're going to be able to keep doing this or if you're going to have to just stop altogether. Were you like, okay? Or what, what was no. kind of like the, what was the, what was happening? It was sad. I'm sure it was. Because <laughs> anyway. he also kind of like pathologized me and diagnosed me with a lot of other health things. And mm-hmm. I had never, I was a healthy person. And I was like, I'm fine. You have reflux, you're doing all these things wrong. So it was just generally a whole year of feeling like I was, I couldn't do it anymore. And I, I was sad because it was the beginning of what I thought was going to be a whole career in singing. Mm. So, but got through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember during that time, Ethan and the guys went on a ship without me. Right. So they went out as the Funky T to play in Bermuda for a few months and they had a great Lucky time. Bastards. Yeah, they came home. <laughs> They got a gig in Australia. And I remember Ethan called me. I was on a Tinder date. <laughs> it was not a great date. So I answered the phone and I was During like, the date? I was like, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to answer this. <laughs> it was so rude. And Ethan was I like, think you were so nice. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I know. Oh, good. Go ahead. So what did Ethan say? He just offered me the gig. He was like, I know you're worried about your voice, but you've been working on it. I'll do half of the singing. You don't have to work that hard if you don't want to. Like, you have to come with us. Mm-hmm. We want you there. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, I was on the phone with him for way too long. It was so rude to my date. I think I, <laughs> I like, was giddy. And, like, we were on our date walking along the Schuylkill, mm-hmm. you know, along the yeah, trail the there. Trail. It was, like, a nice thing. But I just was on the phone for 20 minutes. Like, oh, my God, we're going to Australia. Oh, my God. And, this guy's and, then, it, and then I got off the phone. I'm like, all right, well, I have to go. Bye. <laughs> Oh my God, dude! No, I wasn't <laughs> that mean. Whatever. So you, this started like a beautiful friendship between these five other dudes. Yeah, it's so awesome. We went. We went to Australia for, well, not just Australia, but we went to this. Well, for from this what long, I recall, ten month cruise experience in 2016. It was crazy. Yeah. It was like the best year. How did you of hold all of up our vocally? Lives. Good. Like pretty good. You did half the singing. Ethan did the other half, and like you were it able worked. to kind of. Awesome. I know. Were you writing at the same time with these guys? I never wrote with them. I never wrote with Ethan. Well, we recently wrote something, but we haven't truly right. done that much writing together. Because Coop's a friend of mine, and when I know they, I I was friends with all those dudes, and when they said you, they were leaving with you, and I didn't totally know you yet. Yeah, uh, it kind of sounded like you guys were just going to be playing together three times a day and like set up a recording studio and doing all this, that, and the other thing. I was super jealous, and. So you guys weren't writing really that much. You were just kind of hanging out and doing the cover gig and enjoying the process. Yeah, I think going into every cruise I've done, I've been really like idealistic. Like I'm going to write, I'm going to be traveling in all these new places, I'm going to have so much inspiration. But the truth is you're playing covers every night for mm-hmm. like 3 hours. And at the end of the night you just want to go to the bar with your friends and like have a beer. You don't want to it's hard it's really hard to write when it's your job, you know, like I think that happens a lot with people in wedding, full-time wedding bands or even teachers, maybe just people who are doing their art as their job. It can be hard to find the wherewithal to like, I don't know. Do you, do you no, experience I, I, that at all? I'm following you. You, you, you like when you're working, almost burn out. Yeah. You're, you're doing it. It's work. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, you love it cause you get to do it. You get to play as your work, but yeah. 
I didn't really write that much. But you guys were doing, you guys were like gelling and really oh, figuring yeah. out each other's playing. Was that oh a really enjoyable God. process? Like learning how everybody played and kind how of. Fits? Kind yes. Of? Well, I was the girl, I was like the mom of the group. And. Oh. No, <laughs> they are the greatest. Like, sorry guys, don't get me wrong. No, no, it was. It okay. was amazing. You learn so much about people when you play every day with them for ten months, like every day. And we love. We we were a family. It was wonderful. But you know, it's funny, like dealing with four dudes, four smelly drunk dudes all the time. <laughs> I was the mom. No, it that was more so in my Emily Drinker and the Nightcaps band. I had to to kind of reprimand the band because everyone was getting wild. It's like a party culture. Right, you had to crack the whip. And I had whip. to crack mm-hmm. the whip. Yeah. Had to do it. Your boss lady. But, yeah. What did they call you on the ship? They called you girl? <laughs> yes. Girl. I'm affectionately known as girl. So or... if, you, if you go to an Emily Drinker concert, don't do not do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you, I remember it being longer than 10 months, though, when you guys went out. Was it just 10, or what did you guys do a longer run? It was 10 felt like way longer than that felt like a lifetime so you guys burned out oh you yeah burn out on this thing you come you finally come back is that kind of when the writing bug hit you and you're like i have to i have to record my songs now when was the, how fast was that decision or did you already mm. decide before you left the boat i think that pursuing a career in music and continuing to write my own songs and like the idea to put my put out my own music was always there mm-hmm. um, before I started cruising, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't know. I didn't have the resources. I didn't know people to play with, and so the cruise allowed me to gain all of that experience. Like that's why it was the greatest thing ever because I learned how to perform. I developed all the stage presence. Um, coming home. I definitely felt like, okay, I've done that. I did what I wanted to do. I learned all this shit. Now I have to, I owe it to myself to try to do what I've wanted to do all along, which was record and put out that EP and do, and those songs had already all been written actually. So when I came home and I recorded, so I don't know how long it took. That was your question. (laughs) You you gave me one beer. (laughs) And she's gone. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots more too, so. Lots more beer. Beer here oh, at any questions and here at questions. Music House Studios. We have uh, beer for the masses. Uh, today's episode, we're drinking uh, Cape May Brewing Company, uh, the Indian Pale Ale. What do you think? I think it's great. It says the uh, name for America's oldest seaside resort. And we are looking for sponsors. We are looking so. for sponsors. <laughs> Keep an eye out. So wait, so I want to be sponsored by a brewery. My name uh, is Drinker. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> I don't know. Like, get get a bottle opener or something. I I don't know. Um, but okay. So, but before we get to the EP, you 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 come yeah, back. Keep start, me in line because I tend to go off. I do too. Right. And and Mark slaps me on the road. It's like you weren't talking about that. You know, it doesn't slap me. It's um, an eye slap. It's like, a, um, but no. So you're you come back. You're like, okay, I'm gonna go play more open mics. I'm gonna play my songs. And and when did you meet mm. Maddie Muir? Ooh, Maddie Muir. Oh, Who man. becomes your producer and engineer yeah. and everything else. Shit. I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. <laughs> well, we found out that we've been camping next to each other at the Philly Folk Fest for a long time. Really? Just by or chance? Or he's kind of like informally part of this campsite that's right next to my campsite. Okay. But I never met him. Um, 
Oh, I know how I met him. I, when I came back, um, I knew, so I used to work for the Philly Folk Song Society. Right. And they're the ones who put on the Folk Fest every summer. Awesome people. Um, they have a music co-op and they represent local artists from the area. When I worked there, um, part-time I was managing the co-op and I met this band, these local guys, this guy Jefferson Berry. He was recording an album at Kawari, which is where Matt Muir works out of. So I went in to sing background vocals on this dude's album. And it was super cool. And that was my first time going in the studio, having a gig like that. And then kept in touch with Matt. And he was like, if you ever want to record, this is the spot. Uh, You were great, great to work with. And so when it came time for me to record... That was really the only studio that I knew about. Like, I was super new at all of this. Oh, so it wasn't by choice. It was just like, I know this guy. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) It sounds terrible. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. (laughs) No, it was just that, like, I had a great time. It was a really cool studio. Mm -hmm. I was sort of starstruck just that having been my first experience in a studio, I was just like, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. So, and we met up for a beer at Dawson Street Pub, talked about what I wanted to do, and, uh, yeah. Decided to do it. Decided to work with each other. Okay. It was cool. And then you bring the original, well, before you left for the the cruise liners, you bring Ryan, wait, I'm blanking on names. I'm sorry. Not Ryan Tennis. Why was I going to say Ryan Tennis? Um, Help (laughs) me. All right. Drummer and uh, bassist. Andrew Napoli. Andrew Napoli and Ryan Lutz. And Ryan Lutz. So you were right, Ryan. I was like, (laughs) names. But you bring those guys into the studio Mm -hmm. and, and, and... at this point, you're, you've learned how to kind of play ukulele. Yes. Okay. Well, I bought one freshman year of college to sit in the hallway at my of my dorm mm-hmm. to try to make friends. Like, that's Aww. why I learned uke. Yeah, and I was too afraid to learn guitar. Still sort of am. Only have just started learning guitar because I have this irrational fear of the guitar. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I'm it's working just, on it's it. just I know. I got just you. Just two yeah. more strings. So I, But I learned uke. Just self-taught, super fun. And you're really good at it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you keep people dancing with the uke. I like it. I've seen you perform a ton, and it's awesome. I thanks, love it. Thanks, Rob. So, but like, you, you, it's just, it was it just the trio at that point when you well, went to the studio? Well, yeah. I called them in because we had already had our band, The Berries, mm-hmm. uh, and they already knew the tunes, so. It's just, just easy to roll yeah. right in. And yeah, totally. That's awesome. And uh, you got some great write-ups. Thanks. For that EP here. I want to read one oh, shit. for our people. Okay. Drinker emerges as an artist whose ethereal tones could calm the wildest of storms. Musiccrowns.org. That person is a good writer. That's a really good. Nice, nice word quote, choices there. What what a nice thing to say about you. Right? That's so cool. I know. That was cool. I found that on, I think, your website. Very but good. um, I love the EP. It's four, four tracks. Uh, we got Thanks, Cloudy, uh, Hurricane. Uh, two minds and what's the fourth one? Run the race. Run the race. The <laughs> title track. Uh, Run the race is my favorite. I just blanked on the name. That's one of my favorites. But that one's fun. So you come out with this EP, and then some really cool shit starts to happen. Like no cruise ships. Now we're doing some really cool shit. You get involved mm. with Firefly Music Festival. Oh shit. How how did that happen? How did we get from here to here? <laughs> like yeah, I kind of want to go over the timeline myself. So here, more beer, more it, beer, help connect the dots. <laughs> I guess. So I came home from the cruise two days before the election. Yeah. 2016. 
I don't want to get into that. That's okay. Because my main thing was, why did I come home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should just go back. But anyway, um, I guess I was sort of chilling for a few months because mm-hmm. you kind of have to readjust to normal person society and being not on a cruise. Because uh, you're really like pulled away from the rest of the world when you do that. Even though you're traveling through the world, you're in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So I think I was a little depressed. I came home and I was chilling for a few months. Kind of like, what am I doing? I was living with my parents. Um, moved out in January. Got my Started to get my act together. And then I guess I was just super antsy. Like, I have to do this. I want to do this. I owe it to myself. Super afraid, basically, always to do anything even though it was inside of me, like, I want to I try to do this. I think I can do it. But, um, yeah, released the EP. I guess that took me a whole year because I mm. came home in November. Yeah, so I released it a full year after I got back from the cruise. And uh, then the next, I guess, 2017 in the winter, I applied to this songwriting contest, and their main prize of the contest was a slot at the Firefly Fest. So I won. Yeah, which was awesome. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Was there a specific song that kind of won people over? or? So the contest was you submit one song. It had to be part of a theme. Mm-hmm. The theme that year, since it was right after the election, was it had to be a song about... Um, Politics? Uh, kind of about like social justice. It had to be a song... Yeah, kind of like a political song. Okay. Or it had to mean something. It had to be socially like relevant to that time. Yeah. So I had already written a song in college um, inspired by this civil rights activist that I saw speak when I, at a church in Harlem near where I lived. Mm-hmm. And uh, this woman, Dr. Bernice Johnson Reagan, she was a songwriter in, during like civil rights movement and she would lead all these song like she was a song leader during that time mm. for like SNCC for the student nonviolent coordinating committee dude I can't talk I shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> she was super badass I saw this lady speak at this church basically I was blown away I wrote a song about her but it was a, a song about civil rights and all that shit so you still play it was that perfect one? I can't really play it live because I, I wrote it on piano and I suck at piano so oh, shit. I can't, I want to record it though. So there's a piano player in our studio. He's okay. You can, you can talk to, you can talk to him about <laughs> recording some piano. I'm sure that would work out. That would be awesome. So you win this, this competition and yeah. the, in the first place prize is playing Firefly Music Festival. You go from playing cruise ships to playing cover bands and then ba-ba, you come out with an EP and now you're playing Firefly Music it Festival. It was good for my ego and my, uh, momentum at the time to did just to, like keep going did you have to keep yourself in check with the ego no because i'm naturally very uh self-deprecating and pretty modest mm, me too and don't really generally yeah know my own worth and like shit on myself a lot which is sad but so at the time i was just like inwardly like oh my god that's so cool <laughs> but then anytime anyone brought it up like oh yeah no big deal <laughs> Like but it South was by it was Southwest. a big West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing official South by Southwest. Wee! No, it's not. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, granted, it was a 15 minute set, so that's something I probably didn't advertise because I. Well, nobody needs to know that. 15 minutes. You're playing Firefly Music Festival. It was crazy though. Was like tons of people. No, at my set, no. Oh my god. Were you like it early in the day? One or? of the 
least populated shows I've ever done, probably. <laughs> it's a cool resume builder, a lot I guess. Of other, exactly. It's really just a resume builder. But um, yeah, I'll never forget like the first night walking backstage because we had passes to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we were staying and we were camping in the artist compound. They have a whole artist campground and uh, all the big bands, they're not staying in tents. They have their own buses and, you know, trailers. So we didn't really see too many. It was all of the agents and managers camping with us, which is kind of fun. Uh, um, yeah, well, freaking yeah. find yourself a manager. And it just was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, 15 minutes set. It was just super overwhelming. Like the first night, oh yeah, the first night walking backstage. And uh, I forget who the band was, but I was like, I can't believe we're backstage. It wasn't anyone I knew. It was someone I hadn't heard of, but it was a, it was a rapper. I don't even remember who it was, but I was just like, I can't believe I'm, I'm here. Bob Dylan played. Um, oh, wow. 30 Seconds from Mars played. Yeah. Jared Leto mm-hmm. flew in on a helicopter because he's... Because he has... Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but that had oh, to be a crazy experience regardless of the set. It's like, it's still really cool to be told, hey, you're playing Firefly Music Festival. You it was very, very cool. It's really awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. And then, and then on top of that, you went another sort of win a competition you the tiny desk concert stuff. yeah kind of it was i got to open for so they they do the tiny desk contest every year right and everyone can submit online videos it's really fun i've always done it mm-hmm. just as an exercise like why not participate and they i didn't win but the winner got to go on a tour and they came to philly mm-hmm. so i got to be part of that show they did a showcase with their favorites from Philly who submitted. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. I was starstruck because Bob Boylan was host was there and mm-hmm. hosting and like I'm a super NPR nerd. So it was like all of my heroes. And XVN I'm like obsessed with too. So were you able to get like a photo with the with him? Like with him? Like, Can I get a selfie? I didn't get a photo with him. Damn it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> if you're watching this. Bob Boylan, I want a picture with you. <laughs> and then after that <sighs> Oh, no, we got to talk about it. What? You open for Joey Dosick of the Wolfpack family. How cool is that? You go from the cruise ship to, to Firefly Music Festival to... You're making me look tiny, really good the right tiny now. Desk, well, it's awesome. <laughs> tiny Desk Concert. And then you open for Joey Dosick, who's like one of my favorite like uh, Rhodes players He's so almost good. of all time. He's, He's so, so good. good. If you haven't checked out Joey Dosick, he is a part of the Wolfpack family. They tour with that band. Mm-hmm. And he's got a song that he plays with Wolfpack and um, James Gadsden and I'm blanking on the guitar player now, but they do his song Running Away yeah. on YouTube. Go check that out. I'll tag it in the, Ooh, uh, the so Spotify good. list playlist. So good. But what was that like? That was great. That was the best show I've ever done. Like the best performance I've ever done. Can, can you tell the people the short story of how you got that gig? <laughs> The short story because I don't really short. tell any short stories. That's why. He, that's why Rob <laughs> no, just said not, that. That's not why I said it. Because there's not much to tell, right? Well, go ahead and tell the long story. You know. Well, I shouldn't give story. away my secrets, but um, I just straight up emailed him. I don't want to give that away because then everybody's gonna go do it. No, I'm just kidding. Just email Joey. It's, Yo, it's, Joey Dossi it's takes that emails. simple. I mean, you can find contacts for these folks on mm-hmm. their Facebook. Right. Their about section will often say. You know, if they're signed to a label, it'll have that information. It'll say who their manager is, who the booking agent is, who the press person is, and then their emails. 
and I just copy paste. Well, you're the and fucking I just brilliant one. You got, you, got to, you got to open for them. Nobody else is doing that shit. So you don't know how many people asked me how I got that gig. Trying to, well, I'm not trying to. No, not ask like for that. But yeah, no, that you're interviewing me. That's yeah. a good question. Just so many people like texting me, like, "Yo, how'd you do that?" It's just like, dude. <laughs> well, you have to be good, and you have to put yourself out there. Yeah, just and the second one's fine. Well, so my historically, my <laughs> issue has been the second one, putting myself out there. Right. And anytime I've found throughout the last two years of like doing this shit, like once I left the ship and came home and tried to get myself a little bit focused, every time I've put myself out there, not every time, but I usually get like some good shit starts rolling and it's just like, okay, keep going, keep going. Because, you know, In the a lot of artists deal with this. Lots of lows, lots of downs, Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to get stuck in that rut. And you're just like in your head, like, "Well, no one gives a shit. I suck." Like just all this negative bullshit all the time, and stuff like that. That show just lifted me up and gave me this light, this fire. Like, oh, that was amazing. This was sold out. I met so many people, so many new fans, Mm -hmm. and I just was invigorated. but yeah, it wasn't actually that easy. So I had emailed them. I emailed his manager and they didn't respond for like a month. So I had already forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend about it. I was like, yeah, well, whatever. Like, obviously that's not a thing. And he was like, no, it's not too late. Like the show's not still like only a few weeks away. Like there's still time. Mm-hmm. And then like, no joke, the next day they emailed me and they're like, hey, are you still interested in this? No shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. And now that's that's a big goal of mine to sort of do that more and more and more. And sometimes, I mean, those are kind of few and far between. Someone that amazing that, you know, I admire so much to get to do that. But I think I'm hoping to get some more like that on the horizon. I'm well, putting out feelers. You're fucking badass enough Thanks, to do that man. shit. Like, if, if anybody deserves to do it, it's Aww. fucking you because you're fucking great. Thank great you so much. Singer. I couldn't do it without the, the band because, you know, I, I do the solo like I, you know, all of my earliest stuff was me either harmonizing with myself on GarageBand or playing ukulele alone. And like, it's just so much. I love playing with a band. Mm-hmm. It's just like more what I want to do. Be in my element, belting my face off, like getting into it. Yeah, I can't really do that alone. So mm-hmm. it's, all it's always nice to have those dudes have your back. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going back into the studio. I, quick plug: I am playing the album that well, I haven't been cut yet. <laughs> so, so, so we're going in to record. Going to do a bunch of tunes again with Maddie Muir at Kawari, and it's going to be awesome. Should, that should be a lot of fun. We're all really excited. Yeah, it's going to be a party. Do you know if you're going to do more or another EP or like what? Do we do undecided? I want to do. A series of singles first mm-hmm. before I release a big body of work. I think that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I think that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. I think. It seems to be the thing now. People are just releasing singles, so you don't well, have to release the whole thing at once. Yeah. It's like it's more staggered and keep people interested. Yes. If you're talking about momentum. Plus, people have no attention span. Yeah. And I prefer to listen to an album, but... We're talking the about internet, normal people here. Like Spotify and all the Don't get stressed out. It's gonna be <sighs> fine. It's gonna be fine. Oh, She's I'm like so massaging <laughs> her face. It's like are you this okay? Is one of my vocal warm ups. I have to do this and I have to go. Oh, can I tell you yeah, one of my really the, weird warm ups? Yeah. 
that my speech therapist made me do when mm. I was doing rehab. No, because I need to learn some of these. This is to, you have to relax your tongue. First of all, everything has to be as relaxed as possible mm-hmm. to sing, which is tough because I'm a really tense person. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to massage your temples, massage your cheeks, massage, massage everything, get it all nice and loose. Then you stick your tongue out, and you say the the days of the week. Monday, Tuesday, and it sounds really funny. But it like loosens your jaw, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, I, I, wait, wait, so what's it supposed to? I did it. I went through the week. So I, what Rob, we... I would like you to do that now. Please. Do it. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> it's so funny. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> oh, fuck this shit. I'm not. I'm a drummer. I guess I can't sing. Um. So you can sing. Everyone. Rob is a great singer and songwriter. Don't by the sense. way. Yes. Um, but no, that's really bizarre. What else would you do? Um, I do um some sirens. Back away from the mic. It's like. I can't believe I just put that on the mic. You're gonna have to cut that. Nope, it's in there. Sirens up and down either okay, way. So it kind of like loosens up here, or like your vocal it's, cords. No, it's like... just to like ah, to get your high and your low range all limber. Oh, okay. Um, lots of lip trills. Oh yeah, I did those. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Did them oh, on yeah. the way over here because oh, we were you? recording. So we record and then you're gonna have to speak for who knows how oh, long. I- I don't warm up to speak. I talk all day long. <laughs> I never shut up. <laughs> nice. Now it's time for the music news. I bring some news and we talk about it. Speaking of NPR and Tiny Desk Concert, yes. submissions are now available. You can submit now. It just happened the other day. Uh, I... I know a ton of musicians. I know a ton of songwriters. I believe um, the one thing that's... Uh, you can actually tell me the specifics about this. The, the, the song that you give them, video recording, yep, has to be a song that's not released, right? Is that the deal? I don't know about that. Because you did a song that you haven't recorded. And yeah. I remember friends of mine telling me But that. not intentionally. Oh, okay. I know it has, it has to be original. Right. And it has to be... It has to have a desk. Tiny somewhere in the video right and it cannot be pre-recorded and it i think that's it is that the, those are the three four big criteria yeah i mean i don't know about the released aspect of it mm. but you can't you can't have already filmed it like you could make the video beforehand like i had friends who do it ahead of time because they know the contest will be announced around the same time every year but like it has to be for that year like you can't just say you have an old it. video that Hambone Relay made, mm-hmm. and you're like, this would look sick. We'll just put a caption on it that says, for Tiny Desk. Like, it has to be made just for that. Okay. I'm sure there's ways around that, but, like, you're supposed to make that video purely for that purpose. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So. so, anyway, you can go to uh, tinydeskcontest.npr.org and check out the rules if we totally fucked it up. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Big news that happened uh, or that's been talked about all over the socials today is that the Trocadero famous Philly club is closing. Oh, shit. Mark, did you hear about this? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, the Trocadero is closing. It's closing its doors. Um, they Damn. haven't totally released a reason why. Um, my money? Ge- I'm guessing it's money. I'm either maybe uh, uh, attendance has been low because there, mm. are s- there are so many um, venues are opening up their doors, like the Met. Yeah. The Met's killing it. 
Um, right. They're sinking so much money into the Met. Have you been out? Have you been there yet? No. Dude, if you stand up front, the Met sign is huge. They got one of the ones that goes like sideways on the building that says the Met going this way, but then the one that's like right out front, it, they light it up at, at night. It's massive. I want to go. Awesome. What it, did you see there? Um, I didn't see any show. I just was driving oh. by. It's huge. <laughs> uh, I saw nothing. <laughs> I just stood outside and took my picture. Hey, it's, no uh, it's cheaper that way. Is all I'm saying. That's crazy, you, but that's you, a lot bigger than the truck. Oh yeah. Like, what's the capacity of the truck, and what's the capacity of the Met? Um, I don't remember. We can look. But that you're up. right. I'm sure truck that there are so many venues. Capacity. Ladies and gentlemen, sad, this is though. where this is where we look up information. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Of the truck. Yeah. And what's the Met? You the hear Met. a nice sound effect right now. <laughs> nice. That's great. There you go. Uh, capacity. Thirty-five hundred. Okay. Oh, so it's double, but still. And uh, some other clubs have opened Damn. up. You know, you have like you know Union Transfer. You have your your Fillmore. The Which Fillmore's I love. Killing I it. love the. I love Union Transfer. That's like one of my favorites. I haven't been there yet. What? I feel like I go there a lot more than any other venue, and I want to play there so badly, Rob. <laughs> I want to open for someone there. You send an email to the. Guess the, who's <laughs> playing there? Dido, and she doesn't have an opener yet. Dude. How great would it be if I opened for flag, Dido? White flag duet. Hop on that ship. <laughs> I want to do thank you because I did um, in my EP release show back when I released Run the Race. I did like a song. I wrote a song to thank the audience, and it was just like an organic, like random loops loop song. And I, in the middle of it, I went into I want to thank you. Nice. So I, I was just like, Oh my god, <laughs> I know. Do find the email. Wouldn't that be say. amazing? Email. Um, anyway, also on the music news is um, something a little sad. Um, drummer and, and uh, extraordinary drummer, amazing guy. Apparently, never met him. Hal Blaine passed away. He was the uh, one of the main guys in what they call the Wrecking Crew. Oh shit! Um, the Wrecking Crew was a a band that played on a ton of hits. Um, like session guys, se- all right? session guys. Here are some of the songs he played on. He was 90 when he passed away. He played uh, on "He's a Rebel" by the Crystals, um, "Be My Baby" by the Ronettes. Oh, um, uh, and Mr. those drums are iconic. The opening, Mister Tambourine by the Birds, and the biggest one. Uh, oh no, he played "Good Vibrations" by the Beach Boys, and the the one that I can't remember. Uh, where is it? Hold on, it was a Frank Sinatra <laughs> tune. Um, I had it on my thing. It was a Frank tune. Let me. The internet. <laughs> the internet will tell us How everything. Um, Did you see the Wrecking Crew documentary? Oh, it's so good. I didn't see it. I want to see it. It's a little long. They probably could have edited a little better, but. Um, uh, Damn, but he had a good career. Yeah. It sounds like. He's awesome, man. Uh, I'll find the song and I'll put it cool. into the uh, Spotify notes. Yeah, I can't find notes. it. I'm looking. Um, here, hold on. It's a uh, song bitch, as Mark likes to say. Song bitch. Song bitch. We'll Where edit. We'll edit from? this, that this out. Of, that is one of your uh, your lines. Song bitch. Uh, I don't know. I think my brother says that. I think. I don't know. There you go. What are your other lines like on stage? Sick bro. Do you have? Well, I, uh, I don't. I, I say one thing all night. Hi, we're Hambone Relay from Philadelphia. Thanks for hanging out with us. Here's our next song. Go buy and some you, merch. You, put your, you wave. Yeah. You put your hey, hand thanks. Up. <laughs> That's Hi. it. That's what I do. We're handbone relay. Rob does most of the talking. Rob, really I get made Rob f- rambles. I do too. So I get made fun of first for rambling. Well, I've gotten better on stage, but one time, <laughs> I, I don't know. 
think this was on the ship with Funky T. Yeah. I was just like, how's everybody doing? And everyone <laughs> made fun of me for so long, the band, because it was just super How awkward. You guys all do it? Yeah. So, how's everybody doing tonight? Hey. Oh, I got it. Strangers, Strangers in the night. night. Oh, oh son of a bitch. Oh, Did you guys see it at the same moment? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know that song. Son of so, bitch. You know. Strangers in the night. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and this was a. <laughs> oh, All right, one. this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting good. Um. This is the most I've talked on a podcast yeah. ever. Yeah. Yes. yes. Work, yes. bitch. Um, here's, <laughs> here's, here's the last piece of news I got. Um, have you heard about the Spotify problem that they're having? Emily? The problem. Okay, so what they've done, you know that Spotify didn't pay their artists very well before. Oh, well, yes. Uh, per per play, problem. it's like less than a cent. Yes. Well, they did, they passed something that uh, I think I got like made them eight dollars or something, from right? Them but they year. made them raise the amount that you have to pay artists. Mm. And um, well, it's kind of hard to talk about because Spotify, Amazon, and all these other groups are uh, technically suing songwriters. I guess it's kind of hard. It's it's because they're trying to get this appeal taken off. They oh want artists to be paid more. They just don't want it taken out of their pocket seems to be the uh, the uh, synopsis mm. I'm getting. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but where the suing comes in is they actually want to lower what they're currently paying. What? They want to make it less. Oh, to, pay artists less. They wow. want to pay artists less to punish the artists for for wanting what? more, basically. Mm. Essentially. What? Yeah. And, that, and Amazon's part of I guess, does Amazon own Spotify Am, or something? No, or Pandora? Uh, Amazon has a streaming service. Oh, they have, well. oh, they do what stream. sucks okay. is that we, as artists, are kind of powerless because we need... Like, if we didn't... If we were like, I'm going to take a stand and just not be on well, Spotify, then it would be pretty hard for us right. to yeah. well, can you, do what, what we're I mean, Taylor Swift could do it because well, she's she Taylor Swift. Swift. had enormous <laughs> you know. fame and fortune. But, but, but um, damn, uh, but let's think it's about that. Up. Let's brainstorm. So, but I mean, like, if I know a few bands are actually taking their stuff off because they're like, "This is crazy that you want to pay us less." Like, forget about it. I mean, mind you, we're we're not big, you know, bands and right, stuff. We're not like Thirty Seconds to Mars or somebody to be like, "All right, you know what? Bye bye. We're gonna take our stuff right. off. We and can't we're gonna go really do that on something else." Um, I'm not an imposition to do that. I'm trying to reach as many listeners as possible. I'm in the early stages, so I want. Whatever I can get, but it's you sucks. want visibility. Or not? Right now, I'm not looking for like money from Spotify. I'm just looking for exposure at this stage in my. But yeah, yeah. it sucks. Like they should pay us <laughs> anyway. We're the whole part Even of the model. My you know modest streams that I get. But anyway, go you have on. a good number of streams. From what I remember, you're definitely in the thousands for most of, most of them already. I'm working on it. I need to 2000s. strategize more. No, it's okay. So do we. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no, not not knocking on anybody's door or nothing. But like, yeah. it's just it's hard. It's hard because um, we do our Spotify playlists for every episode. You can go find those cool. on there. But um, uh, it's hard to talk about because you want a place for people to find music, but a place that supports the artist as well. Right. And um, it's hard. Is the the bottom end? It's like a weird it. time, like yeah. the way that like we have so much access to music now, which mm -hmm. is great. Everyone has access. There's more music now than ever before, which is both uh, but, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> but then the fact that it's so hard to get, you know, 
what you deserve for like it. Like compensated. Compensated. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. It's um, it's a fine That's line. That's why I I play. I'm still playing like a majority of cover gigs. Mm. Um, well, it's a balance that I'm t- trying to strike, but I still make like most of my living. I would say from from covers, even though I'm not on the ship, which is great. Well, cover I'm, gigs pay exactly. That's what people don't understand. I think is when you see an artist at a certain kind of venue, they're asked to play covers, and you'll be pay- you'll be paid you'll be paid well for it. So, uh, good example: you and Ethan just played uh, what uh, casino? casino? Parks Casino. Parks Casino. And you, I'm sure you got paid well. If Emily was to do all of her originals there at Parks Casino, they'd be like, "You drew five people exactly. with, with your original stuff. We're gonna pay you ten bucks," and be like, "What?" The yeah. And it's yeah. hard. People don't understand that. No. Like they don't think that you're, they think you're getting paid for this, the, the amount of time, not what you're playing. Yeah. But anyway, um, I've actually had this conversation with a few people is that uh, we need to kind of view what we do as comedians. Comedians, hmm. they put out a special either for no money. They'll put it up on YouTube for nothing for free. But that they have an hour long of uh, like show or content. And that's free people can watch it or the Netflix model they get paid a certain amount they give the whole special mm-hmm. away but they make all of the money on the road with the new special that they're making and they'll make more money on the road because they already have fans now and then the, mm-hmm. those people are going to come to watch the new special be filmed right they sacrificed saying? getting paid on the front end <laughs> to get way more fans later. yeah I'm into that <laughs> it's just finding out kind of I mean comedians and musicians are like close but not the same so it's yeah it's kind of like finding the balance yeah, but it's tough. Yeah, that's what it is. I feel like I'm trying to figure it out still. In what like, way? Well, I really want to do like what you you guys are touring a lot. Mm-hmm. I want to do that, but I haven't done it yet, and I'm still kind of you could totally do it hesitant. You could totally do it. A lot more rooms are willing to take a um, a songwriter, and and you're you're you can fit into way more rooms than we can. And you would make more money because you have less mouths to feed. Exactly. But I don't want to do it alone. Like I said, I I feel like I have this whole like inferiority complex as a solo performer. Mm. And I feel like I really rely on someone like Ethan, like the people that I work with, either just as a duo or when I play with the band. So I'm like, uh, so I don't know. I would do like a duo tour with him. That'd be cool. Yeah. But I want to do a full band. And I, so it's just tough because I aspire to so much like I want to, be able to tour with the full band. Right. But. Well, don't beat yourself up. You know, so oh, a lot yeah. of those, a lot of those artists did tours solo for years before they could do that stuff. That's true. But I mean, like, it's it can be done. Like, for yeah. example, if you want to peek into what Hambone does, you revealed so much to us. I feel like we should reveal some to you. <laughs> is we d- when we do these three day, four day runs, we'll do uh, maybe two breweries or two paying gigs yeah. and we'll sacrifice and do two like cover this gigs. could be no 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 oh, like, the breweries are more like cover and our stuff but the, right. the fact that we're instrumental nobody knows the difference yeah. so, so <laughs> yeah. we can get away with it right yeah yep yeah and then we do you know like an hour set here or an hour set there opening or being in the middle slot for like a you know like a, a bourbon and branch type of venue right um 
And do you have anything to add, Mark? I was just going to say, like, we do, like, a run. We'll do, like, a festival that's really good exposure, but right. doesn't pay very well. But build around it. But, right, so before or after it, we'll book a show, like a brewery. Breweries always give you a three $400 guarantee. Right. You would usually. do really yeah. well at a brewery. And and then, like, another another bar that Drinker pays well. Brewery. And then, but the, the, the tour is based around that festival. But then we book some other shows on either end of it to make a little extra cash. To, to pay for the hotel room. Right. Yeah. But so, I feel like you're doing that, like, every weekend. I mean... You guys are awesome. Well, you, you could do it. Mark, you could, totally you could definitely do, it. do this. A Mark's, wizard. Mark's King Booker. Um, King Booker. King Booker. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it, I mean, when we first started, we did a three-day run. When I first joined the band, we did uh, Roanoke at Martin's Downtown, Richmond at Cary Street, and then the Saturday we did um, Whiskey Jar in Charlottesville. Now, all three of those venues we still play. But at first, we had, some of them had guarantees, some not so much. But, you know, we got, we got fed. We figured yeah. out how to pay the hotel room. And that's crucial is free meal. The free meal is the thing yeah. that wins us over. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Mark knows, before we leave for every run, I'm like, how many of these are free meals? So I have to adjust my grocery bill. There you go. <laughs> that's true, week. yeah. Um, yep. But you could totally crush that. So, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, you could do I'd any of the breweries that we've played. I'm going to hit them all up. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's the thing. Let's talk about that. Well, and I don't think people should be guilty, feel guilty about it, is going to other people's... I have started to do that. Other people's yeah, like, gigs and stuff? Yeah, it's the same as, you know, you asking me how I got the Joey Dossett gig. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I went to his Facebook and found his manager's info. I've done that, too. I mean, I haven't planned a tour yet, but I just have been ruminating on it for, like, literally over a year. I messaged Mark, like, a year ago, like, how can I pick your brain about planning tours? And you were like, yeah, I'll sure, give you but, any information uh, you Dossick's want. Sure, Joey Dossick's email? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, and it is true, though, and it's just, like, once you get empowered by that idea and you start looking around, yeah, everyone has their calendar on their website. And if you want to start getting out there, I can just copy your tour route. Actually, cool. Thanks, well, guys. Why not? Well, so we, we know when people copy our tour route. Really? Yeah. Because Mark they're, is good at finding People have done that? And then those venues all of a sudden oh, pop shit. up on other people's. Yeah. They, uh, and you're and, like, and wait, we, no. We'll name names, but I've definitely <gasps> been like, I've definitely seen oh. like, I've someone has asked me and then the next week there that that mm-hmm. venue shows up on it, which is cool. I'm cool with that. I don't care. You know what I mean? Whatever. As long I, as they still book you. I'm not going to lie. I do the same sometimes. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? As long as you, if everybody knows we're playing the game, let's play the game. But yeah. sure. Let's help each other out. Well, and that's the thing. Support each other. Right. We were talking about this earlier, Emily. It's not a yeah. competition. Like we're, we're here. We're all, it's a community of musicians. We're trying to help each other. You know yes. what I mean? Right. So. This is going to sound really hippy dippy, but Peace my roommates are into this. Peace and love. No, um, just, you know, I'm afraid to say like manifesting, but like abundance. There's enough. There's so many talented people, but there's an abundance of, of gigs and people that want to hear the music and engage with us and connect. And we, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself You're of that all the time because I'm very, it's not that I'm competitive. I'm just like, I compare myself relentlessly. I'm very hard on myself. Right. So it's just like. There's enough. We can yeah. all do this. We all love music. We all want to share. And mm-hmm. as you and I both know, that's very unhealthy. To oh, yeah. Do that. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It just destroys your... your oh, totally. Your, but um, but yeah, I know I'm right. not the only one who does that. Your, uh, your Philly folk side's popping out. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and Kumbaya. love. How many times have you gone to that festival, by the way? A lot. Like, have you done it in a row consecutively? Well, I missed a few for the cru- when I was cruising. Right. So I went, I started when I was 17 or 18. My parents wouldn't let me camp 
the first I'm, year. I can't imagine why. <laughs> if you haven't been to a Philly Folk Festival, here's what happens. There's music all day, and then starting at midnight until like 5 o'clock in the morning, everyone's jamming, uh, enjoying certain greens, and... Um, <laughs> And drinking. You know, arugula. What kind of greens are you arugula? talking about? Arugula. Kale. I'm more of a Singing kale guy. Singing of like different greens, you know. Smoking kale. Yeah. Um, and then everyone drinks and jams and has bonfires and stuff. Totally. It's awesome. It's a super like backyard vibe. Yeah. But like thousands of people. And it's it's my favorite place. But yeah, first year was seven, when I was 17. Didn't camp till 18. And then since then. So... 29 how do you feel like they're doing, like i said i missed a few how do you feel like they're doing on the um the, the uh, booking route like their their um their schedules these days it's a really good question um well i'm trying to get hot take. there hot so take. <laughs> <laughs> i really want to play this summer mm-hmm. so um that's when you could definitely play probably solo. my real opinion i will bite my tongue because i'm trying to get booked at that festival i'm just kidding um no i no, think they can. do a great job so they you know they've been around they're the oldest continuously running festival oh that's in is that true the in north america oh, wow. yeah um fun fact i wrote a 65 page thesis about the folk festival in college she is a hippie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hippie nerd hippie nerd i wrote an ethnography i studied ethnomusicology uh-huh. and um so it's like anthropology and music was super into folk fest at that time decided to write about that it was really fun um anyway it is the oldest festival older than woodstock has an awesome history you know they used to book huge names now um i mean it's tough for them they don't have a huge budget Mm -hmm. so and it's non-profit you know so they do face that challenge every year i think they get great acts and they definitely lately i feel have focused a lot they put a spotlight on local artists a lot more recently Mm -hmm. which i'm down with um you know, they get a few big people. They might not be household names that everyone knows, but they get really cool stuff. They get like, every time I'm there, I feel like I'm exposed to some amazing bands that I would never have heard otherwise. And like they get world music, in air quotes, world music. They get all kinds of different artists from, it's not just like folk Americana. Right, they, they have, try to dive around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think it's awesome. I always feel enriched by by it, but trying to play there uh, who wouldn't man i did play there one time but i'm trying to play there again full band oh, oh yeah oh yeah oh wait they don't let drums in they don't <laughs> let drums in no, i'm what just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um funny quick story i another wasted story i don't know why this keeps oh, coming up with you um <laughs> but maybe there's a theme um but uh i went to folk fest one time and it wasn't my wasn't a good time. I, I got really drunk, and it would Lyle love it, and his large band were the featured band. Yeah. At the end of the show, I'm like side stage because I knew somebody was playing. I got a pass, and Lyle Lovett leaves in his whole motorcade. <laughs> the band's still there, and I'm blasted, hammered. hammered. You keep meeting famous people while wasted. I know. What is? This? <laughs> it's just sorry. My thing. If Rob gets hammered, it's like somebody's coming. Um, <laughs> but so I I run up to the the VIP area, and I go, I just want to talk to the drummer he's one of my favorite drummers of all time i'm blasted lady does one of these little side to side and looks at me and goes go ahead (laughs) she didn't care (laughs) she didn't give a fuck she was done um but russ kunkel is the guy's name he's like a famous 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 drummer he played with everybody in the 70s he played with james taylor he played with jackson brown he played with all my mom's um, favorite people uh uh he 
he he's the man. He's like the not the inventor of like kind of brushes for like singer songwriter stuff, but he played on Fire and Rain. You know that that's that's like right up my alley. Oh brushes, yeah, brushes, singer songwriter. M, M loves her brushes. We're it gonna works have to for the what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, but anyway, so I go up to him and I ask, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I love your drum." And he's like, "Thanks." And then the conversation just ended. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Wait, can we talk more about that? I've recently met like my favorite singer. Who's that? Rachel Price from Lake Street Dive. You met her? That's one of Mark's favorite singers. She is my oh, yes. favorite. So I went up to her. I went to see her at Union Transfer like a few weeks ago. She was Solo? doing. No, she has a duo project with this guy named Devilry, and they do this awesome jazz duo, and it's like super retro. Like the songs, they're original songs that he's written, but they sound like fucking Ella Fitzgerald song. Like they're old. They sound like Cole Porter. What's the name of the group? And uh, it's just called Rachel and Villery. Okay. And um, holy shit, they're so good. It's just like beautiful. Anyway, met her after the show. I was so nervous. I'm like waiting in line like, oh my God. And I I just, like, I've met a lot of my hero, not a lot, but I've met a few artists that I really admire. And they've been lovely. Not to shit on her, but she was not that cool. And she was kind of fake. Yeah, I mean, she just finished this amazing show, you know? She was probably tired. Mm. But she just seemed so, like, fake. It yeah. sucked, man. Because I told her, and you don't want to sound, it's so hard to know what to say when you, you finally are up, you're there, mm-hmm. you're face-to-face, and you're like, because everything, it's like everyone says the same thing, like, you're so amazing. I love you. And it's just like, sometimes I mention that I'm a, I'm an, a singer too and that they've influenced me. Not in a douchey way, like, I'm a singer too. But like, oh, I've learned so much from you. I watch your master classes on YouTube, which I have. She has like, ma- she does classes and shit. I didn't say any of that. I like froze and I was just like, you're my favorite living singer, which is still a pretty g- good compliment. I was like, of all the musicians I love, like you're the... F- my favorite of the people who are like contemporary, like mm. comparing her to like Ella and all these jazz greats. I'm like, you're alive and I get to see you and enjoy your voice. And, and she was just like, thanks. And we took a picture. We took a selfie, but she's just like, Oh, uh, but you got the vibe that she wasn't really present. She was like, yeah, dude, I did not get good vibes. Yeah. And I was just kind of sad. And like, you know, at least you actually got something out. I met one of my favorite organ players at world cafe and I pussed out and just asked him if I could bum a cigarette and oh. walk, walked away. <laughs> he was like outside Aww. having a cigarette, like in the you know in the back of World Cafe there where the bands load in, you yeah. know, downstairs. And I was like, hey, man, can I have a cigarette? You didn't yeah. mention yeah. anything? I didn't say a word. Well, because it's hard, right? Because you don't want to be annoying and you don't want to bother them and like everyone right. comes up to them. Right. He just got done talking to some people yeah. and, and he looked like he was just trying to chill. chill. I don't want to be an asshole. I but know, I wanted to say like, hey, man, exciting. like, you know. If it's someone who really yeah. impacted you and you are an artist, they should be, I don't know. I feel like I've met some who are super into that and they're like, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so true. glad. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's now, one of the dudes from Snarky Puppy, one of the oh, drummers shit. from Snarky Puppy were, was kind of half and half. He was like talking to me. Yeah, bro. It's cool. It's great. Oh, and then no. he was texting his, his wife and I was like, all right. <laughs> it was what it was. But um, anyway, yeah. Meet, meet, meeting your idols is a, no, what's the phrase? Uh, Never meet your idols. Never meet your Mark idols met Ray LaMontagne. That was apparently a terrible story. Oh, he he was he met cool. Ray LaMontagne? Yeah, he was just it was backstage at Mountain Jam. He was cool. He was just he was kind of drunk. And he was very <laughs> he was very imper like I just want I said like hey man I really like you know you're whatever I don't know the price of three more days or something you know whatever and he was just like. He didn't. Even, he looked at me and then looked back at his beer and then just kept drinking and it was See, like the weirdest. It's that it's that kind of stuff that thing. It was yeah. like. 
Cool. What's better to do is to meet. So I go to a lot of uh, XBN like free at noon shows, mm-hmm. which I know y'all played, no, and I couldn't know. go, and I was so mad. But anyway, I I think that's great because those acts are not usually like huge. They're gonna be modest and really thrilled to talk, and they usually do a meet and greet. So like I met Natalie Prass. Do you know her? Have you I heard of her? Me. She's awesome. Why. She's really cool songwriter chick. Wait, did you get to meet Emily King when she came through? <sighs> no, so I didn't meet her. I'm trying to open for her though. She's coming to town soon. She doesn't have an over. So Emily King, if you're listening. Emily King, I would love to open for you. I already emailed your manager and he responded right away, but then they didn't respond to my follow-ups. Please respond again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I met this girl, Natalie Prass, and she was super cool and like wanted to chat. And it was just like so nice. That's really nice. So just, I think the advice is meet your idols, but not only if they're not that famous. So just seek out less famous. And that's been a beautiful like thing that's been a joy as I focused on my career the last couple years like just even with local artists just becoming obsessed with my friends bands and with the local scene and those people becoming my heroes that's just that's cool too I like Mm -hmm. that I like that almost more than being obsessed with these huge stars that you're never going to really be able to engage with you idolize your friends idolize your friends build a community there's so many awesome people around you that's what I think. Yeah. I sound really preachy right now. I like it. You do your thing. That's Emma. how I feel. Get her another beer, goddammit. Mm. <laughs> Got it. All right, we are at our next uh, segment. Woo. It's called Whip It Out. Your cell phone, that is. If you don't mind, Emily, whip out your cell phone pretty, please. Is it up there? Oh, we're going to ruin... Oh, no. (laughs) It's okay. It's just my shot. Oh, no. Check the shot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, wait. My phone's over here. (laughs) (laughs) It's just my angle. My brother... Listen to this. Okay, my brother called me. I have a missed call. I have 30 notifications from the Funky T group chat. So my band... That I played with on the ship all that time. 30. I don't I don't like that. All right. Well, we'll talk it's, to him later. It's huh? too many. I feel like this is your date again. I'm I'm the date. Oh no. <laughs> what you told me to whip it out. What am I whipping okay, it so out? Whip for? It out. Do you have a Spotify account? Yes. Even though we just diss Spotify pretty hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna talk about the last five things we've listened to, and I will put it on the Spotify list. Instead of our favorite things we've listened to or our favorite artists where it's really hard to talk about, let's talk about the last five things we've checked out. How do I do that? So here, do me, give me your phone. Well, no, I don't want you to see because I'm going well, okay. to lie about what? <laughs> go to, here, go to your library and go to Recently Played and we'll talk about that. Recently okay, Played. So here, I'll give mine just so you can look at yours and figure out what you want to tell people. Okay, gotcha. my first one. These are all mostly albums. Cool. First one is called One Drop of Truth by the Wood Brothers. They were nominated Ooh. for a Grammy. That album's awesome. Definitely listen to that. A single by Susan uh, Tedeschi called Just Won't Burn. Ooh, it's love uh, her. Uh, you like Susan? Oh, I love her. It's a single off of her early kind of gospely blues album. I love her voice. She's Even though it. she sounds almost exactly like Bonnie Raitt. And I like Bonnie Raitt. She stole a lot. More. Yeah. She's, yes, but she's good. <laughs> she was influenced by it. These are air quotes. Oh my God, she sounds just like her. Um. <laughs> Number three is um, an album called Eno, Wyatt, and Davies. But excuse me, that's the beer by Brian Eno. Nice. It's very trippy. I love it. Uh, my fourth one is Lawn Chair Society by a pianist called Kenny Werner. 
Yeah, I did two two of those songs on my uh, senior uh, recital. Ooh. And I was kind of diving back through, get really influenced by uh, Brian Blade is on drums, and he's just like playing all this cool shit, and it was it's just like ah. And then the fifth thing is um kind of a guilty pleasure. It's Aerosmith. Yes. The album is Toys in the Attic. Whatever, dude. Aerosmith oh, rocks. Shit. Aerosmith, well, early Aerosmith rocks. Not Armageddon Aerosmith, right? I don't. Well, hold on. That was that was like my my first serious girlfriend in my like love song. That was our tune. Really? I don't want to miss a thing. That's a sound <laughs> drop too. <laughs> Even oh, when I dream of you. Oh, I remember that yeah, yeah, so yeah. vividly. Oh. I remember going like roller skating and that was playing and just. And then I don't he danced know. with the boy. He grabbed a boy. I don't on, think on I don't the, think there were any boys. There were men. There were no, there was nobody. <laughs> <laughs> or were you into girls? Um, okay, well, give me your last five, M. What do you got? Last five. All right. Ray Charles, Anthology by Ray Charles, which nice. is an album that includes a song that we just recorded. Damn skippy. Which I listened to maybe 20 times today. <laughs> just to make sure. It's cool. Just No, I loved it. Um, next. Oh, real quick. That song, which is... Not to be spoken of will oh, be on the CD release of Oops. our record. That Oops, did called... I give it away? I'm no, sorry. You, you said it was Ray Charles. You it's Ray Charles it song. It's a Ray Charles song on the album be, anthology. It'll yeah. be released on uh, "My Name Is Earl." The, uh, the, the say CD. hi to Earl. Say hi to Earl. <laughs> He's only been in this band three years. This song is called. Uh, this is song. <laughs> this beer is called Kate May Brewing Company, and I can't speak. Hey, anymore. Rob, what's the name of the band? No idea. Uh, <laughs> I just hit stuff. Um, but the album is called "Say Hi to Earl." Um, and if you want to see the cover, it's oh, it's right such an awesome cover. Here, there's the cover. It, we have the vinyls. Ooh, it's they'll amazing. be available. You can pre-order these on our website, handbonerelay.com. I love that. I love this dog. Oh yeah. So this is based here. Can we tell the story? So here's the story of this vinyl. I have to act surprised. Mark and I were talking about it earlier, but I'm gonna pretend I never heard about this. Like, so oh people, here's God. the story behind the cover. So there's we're at Music House Studios, which is a studio that Mark and his wife teach out of. And, and we rehearsed it's here. Wonderful. It's a beautiful place. If you want lessons, hit them up. Um, it's in New Jersey, but um, every we also rehearse here too as Hambone Relay. And we every time we come in, there's always this car with a dude and his dogs in the back, and he's reading the paper. Earl. Well, we don't know if his name is Earl. Oh. So he's he's. We drinking. assume it is. He looks like an Earl. He looks like, <laughs> he looks an, looks Earl. like an Earl. Um, but he's. Can I drink, see this? Yeah, he's drinking a. Um, a small, small things of vodka, and just reading the paper. We assume it's to get away from his wife. Doesn't but, look that small. Well, looks like a lot. This a lot was of a vodka. recreation. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I've seen him bring like a little, little fifth of whiskey back too, and he reads the paper, gets some lottery tickets, and walks gets his some dog. Lottery tickets. Yeah, just it's hangs a chill, out. chill day. And he's here. He literally, he was here today. In he's the here morning, every, he said he comes every in? morning. Yeah. yeah, every morning. Yep. Um, That's his routine. Anyway, so here's the vinyl. You can pre-order that, and the song that we Emily recorded will be on the CD and the digital release, so you can. Uh, Check that out. Oh, and what else you got? All right. Number two. Number two, Sophie Corin from Philadelphia. Is that how you say her last name? Cor- don't, don't ask me. Corin. Corin? I think it's Corin. Corin. Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway. Sorry, she Sophie. She is. <laughs> We're trying to I'm get her on sorry. the podcast. We can't say her last name. I, well, I don't know her very well. I've met her once. She's very sweet. She, she's incredible. Mm. I think her music is amazing. I think she's really awesome. I was listening to her. Then number three, the Punch Brothers. Do you Which know album? them? Uh, does it tell you? Do I have to click Let on it? Let me see. 
I just went to popular. Honestly, I was lazy and I oh, just was popular like, tunes? no, usually not. But today I, well, I work as a nanny uh-huh. a few days a week and I what didn't have very much time. And I was just trying to like the baby was freaking out. And then I just put that on. I was like, this is real chill. It's gonna be great. I don't know a ton of Punch Brothers. I love Chris Thiele. Mm-hmm. I listen to his uh, show on NPR every week live from here, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know this? You are it's, an NPR nerd. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, big time. Well, I grew up listening to A Prairie Home Companion mm-hmm. with my dad when it was hosted by Garrison Keillor. And he retired. He's done. Thank God. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, Chris Thiele took over. and So I don't know his music. I feel like I came to the Punch Brothers through live from here like i did it backwards right like i didn't um, really know him until the show and i was like oh shit this guy's amazing there are two things to check out so julep was pretty cool um all of these go popular to nickel ones. creek yeah, i know it. i do oh, okay. i did know a little nickel creek so and uh have you checked out his he does a bunch of like classical duo records and, yes i've um, heard those uh, jazz duo records he's really freaking talented mm-hmm. so i was listening to him today with the baby that I nanny. What else you got? <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale. This is not music. This is a show. Because today when I got on Spotify, a screen popped up that said, your your Spotify premium membership now includes Hulu. Mm-hmm. Did you know this? Yeah. So you, so I didn't understand what that now. meant. I didn't know if they meant like soundtracks. I was very confused. So I just like clicked. I Googled or I went to search on Spotify and typed in Hulu. And mm-hmm. it was like, you can actually watch shows. Yeah, so you can so I didn't watch it, but I was just testing it. So does, that doesn't really count. No, it doesn't count. Get All right. Um, can't buy a thrill. Steely Dan. Yeah. And then another Steely Dan. I don't remember how that came up. And then Beyonce Radio. There you go. That's okay. We're not talking about our favorites right now. We're talking about like the last five things we've checked out, like kind of where our head's at. Hey, Mark. That's pretty good. It's not embarrassing. Too hey, much. what? What are the last five things you listen to? I got some weird ones today. Hook me up, brother. Uh, well, Dr. John, not, that's that's not so weird, but I was listening to uh, Splinter, Splinter Trip Revisited. It's like a live album thing. Then I was listening to Alessia Cara. Yeah. Know. So I know that, that one song. I don't know. I had never heard of her, I but I'm 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 uh, one of my piano students is is learning a song by her. So shit, I forget her one, her first hit. I need this, that. Uh, River of Tears, I think is is that no? That's is that right? I don't, I don't know. know it. Stay. Yeah, I know that. Is one. That, okay. Forget how it goes. So, but I was listening to her, and then Daya D A Y A, another pop artist who one of my students is playing. So I had to I like I was listening to it to figure that out. So that's the thing you're <laughs> plagued by that, you know, music teacher situation. Right. Like, so. I know so many teachers who they're all they're most listened to at the end of the year is like random like, shit yeah. for their kid. And they're like, no, that's not what I actually Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> there should be a why separate is the Jonas Brothers on here. You should be able to like have a separate setting for like, oh, this is just my can. work. I think you can go private. For, oh, can you really? Uh, yeah, I think you can. Oh, but good. I just figured that out myself. Uh, and then uh, then I got I got uh, Howlin' Wolf. The nice. blues guitar player and singer, nice. uh, Louis Capaldi. You guys know who that is? Who the hell is that? He's like the, I don't. He's like this pop singer dude that somebody sent me a track that I was checking out. That one and Mardi Gras Radio. Oh yeah, yeah. that's so. wait, was that what we were listening to on our tour this past tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, yep. Because last week really was Mardi good. Gras actually. Yeah, we yeah. got to play a, 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 a couple Mardi Gras tunes when we were on the road. Oh, cool. Last What'd you play? Not that I know. Where did we play or what did we play? What. Mardi Gras tunes did you play? Um, uh, going to the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. I think it's standard, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a traditional tune everybody plays at. Um, what else we did like uh, Gilded Splinters by Doctor John. By Doctor John. Yep. We did. I'm like, yes, I don't we know. We did. Any of these uh, did you know that one or no? Um, we learned. Oh, we did St. James, James Infirmary. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, there were a few more, but I'm blanking. Oh, we did uh, Wait in the Water, but like an nice. Oregon version. Oh, that's cool. Do you have any St. Patty's gigs? Mm, I don't know if we could pull that off as an Oregon trio. Yeah. We'll be done. We're playing <laughs> We're playing this weekend, but not really. Not that, that. We're, not, no, we're, we're not doing Irish music or anything. Yeah. yeah can, you, can you imagine? Like, what, what would you do with a drunken sailor? What would you do with a drunken we should, sailor? We could cover some, uh, what's that band? Uh, what's the band that does Shipping Up to Boston? Uh, that famous not like Dropkick Murphys, right? Yes, it's Dropkick Murphys. We do some Dropkick Murphys. Too. What's that song that's at the beginning of um, the Departed? It's like their new, like their biggest song. It's got like a big old oh bass God. drum thing in the front. Um, <laughs> no, but I love it. So anyway, so all the songs we mentioned will be listed in a Spotify um, playlist called DCTO for Dude Check This Out. Emily is number nine, so DCTO number nine with Emily number Drake. It's called the lightning round. Oh, so I'm going to say a specific uh, kind of a question or a statement. You have to tell me as fast as you can what the answer is. Ooh, Are okay. you ready? Do you want to sip a beer first? Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Once again, we're looking for sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Number one, first album you ever owned. Dixie Chicks Fly. That's a different one than we usually hear. All right, number two, first show you ever saw. Ever? Yeah. Like TV? Like, no, I mean like concert. Oh, <laughs> duh. I'm still thinking about how Hulu is on Spotify. Um, she, she's watching Handmaid's Tale. I'm later. watching it in my mind right now. <laughs> um, oh, first concert? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Dixie Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Willie Nelson opened for them. Whatever, you're just ridiculous. trying to get away from the Dixie Chicks thing. <laughs> I love the Dixie Chicks. Last show you saw... Wait, no, wait. I'm sorry. Dixie Chicks was the first concert. First album, I forgot, so it wasn't full length, but it was uh, single, was... Um, uh, they're all wearing underwear on the cover, and it's... Uh, shit, it's like a punk... Oh, what the fuck is the name of the band? Blink-182. Yeah, Blink-182. Blink-182. Thank you. <laughs> that was the first thing I bought. Oh, nice. What was yeah. the name of the album? It was just all the small things. It was a oh, single. Okay. Uh, last show you saw that you weren't a part of. Last show that I saw that I wasn't a part of. Last night I went to a newer venue in Wayne, which is in the suburbs of Philly, 118. called 118 North. And um, it's open mic on Wednesdays there, last night. But they do a feature. And uh, my boyfriend's band, one of the bands he's in, called Zoidzilla performed nice. and they were really good and they don't really play that much anymore together and mm -hmm. they're killing that's awesome yeah so i guess that's the last show favorite song to play uh it can favorite be song <laughs> can be what it can be yours or a cover or... oh 
I thought you were going to say it can be Michael Jackson. And I was like, it can? Because <laughs> my favorite song to, probably to sing is I Can't Help It, which was a Michael if Jackson song. I wanted to, that one? Song. Yeah. Okay. We said uh, we wouldn't talk about Michael Jackson. But I feel like I can't Jackson. play it anymore. But it was written by Stevie Wonder. So, But it was sung therefore, by Michael Jackson. All right, whatever. It was written by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but my other favorite song, if I'm going to leave MJ out of it, um, is Knocks Me Off My Feet by Stevie Wonder. Also this is my class. favorite song. I don't wanna buy Yes. Um, number five. What's your favorite hobby outside of music? My favorite hobby outside of music is yoga. You're a yoga head? Yeah, but privately in my home. Oh. So, so like somebody comes over and you do like a one-on-one with like a... I'm not a teacher. Oh. I practice alone in my room. Like YouTube videos and mm-hmm. stuff? That's kind of cool. Yeah. There's my a girl on YouTube that. called Yoga with Adrian. Well, her name is Adrian. The <laughs> There's a girl <laughs> named Yoga with Adrian. She's amazing. Check her out. I think... She's famous. I She's think my got, girlfriend has used those videos before. Pretty much every woman I know uses every it. Every woman. Yeah. Um, favorite local artist that hasn't been heard of? Ooh, what do you mean hasn't been heard of? Who's like who? Who you think should be more well known? Uh, there's so many from the area. Um, Hambone Relay. What they? No, you can't use us. That's a cop out. That's That's a cop out. out. I don't want to fangirl her too hard, but Sophie Corin again is awesome. Um. I know so many talented people. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> the you know funky gonna, tea. You know you're going to get an email um, being like, I can't believe you didn't oh, mention me. There's there's a band that doesn't play much from the Burbs, Raw Honey. And the lead singer, she's so good. Mm-hmm. Her name's Emma. I've seen her. She's very good. I felt I love her voice. There's so many more. I'm, I'm an it's asshole. It's okay. You're not, an a- you're not an asshole. This is very on the spot. Uh, next one is this. A guilty pleasure artist or album. Mm, guilty pleasure. Ariana Grande. Yeah. But I don't know if that's even that guilty. That seems to be the thing. Nobody feels guilty about anything. They just like, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm allowed to like it. Uh, favorite album of all time? Right now. <laughs> of all time, <laughs> right now. Because <laughs> if you say all time, you're like, well, when I was a kid. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been consistent. Um my whole life revolver that's your favorite album that's yeah. awesome yeah that's a good one it doesn't even change it's always, um, it's always been my favorite favorite artist of all time right now the beatles <laughs> <laughs> is that a cop-out i mean that's just no, like everyone it's not a cop-out i think that's a, it's, a respectable answer that's it now this one you don't have to answer short but it's it's a, it's a question i i just started asking people because i'm kind of curious where people's mindset takes them is here's the question <laughs> why do you play music because a lot of people have different answers right it it, it, it it could either be a selfish thing which is like they like the attention or it's just like uh yeah but how many people say that willingly not many <laughs> but uh, but you know what i'm trying to say so it's like is it is it because it brings you to a place of happiness when you were a child or mm. or does it like bring out oh, you're trying to get deep I want to I want to know some answers and trying shit. to like psychoanalyze me. Um, it's all of those things. It's definitely 
become a sanctuary for me on stage. Mm-hmm. That's really where I feel the most myself. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you just uh, talk in your head? I had to like. You said, That's a cliche. No, <laughs> I did. I was like, this sounds so lame. It's where I'm me. I'm most me when I'm but on it's stage. Honest. But it is true. And I mean, I just I enjoy it so much. For me, like, it's all about performing and being on stage. I love that. Partially, you know, like you said, like an attention selfish thing, kind of. But um, it feeds me. It, like, gives me life to to do that mm-hmm. and to share. And um, except for my family. Like, I'm an asshole. Every time, like, growing up, like, family dinners, like, all right, why don't you sing for us? And like, no. And if I did, if I agreed to do it, I would face the wall and like sing for my parents and my my grandparents and everyone. Literally, like I wouldn't look at anybody. I was a freak because I just, I don't know why. But <laughs> now I love looking, I love being on stage and I love performing. But um, wait, what was the question? <laughs> it was why do you play music? You kind of gave me the answer though. Yeah, I have to do it's that. A bit it, of fe- it feeds me, especially if the audience is, actually there for me like giving me something because mm-hmm. you know we do these some of these cover bullshit things like this casino and like you don't get anything sometimes from the crowd and that's hard getting, that's hard but but not by not getting anything do you mean like uh, uh energy uh, like an energy vibe thing with a an vibe audience? yeah and i think that i'm pretty closed off until i get a morsel of energy from them mm-hmm. like if the audience shows any interest then I'm just I soften and I open up before that I'm sort of like I'm rigid and kind of freaked out but I do really need a lot of positive reinforcement and so if I get that I'm just like all right we can do this right we're all in this together let's have fun yeah I'm not someone who can do it without with like like I did a solo cover gig the other day Mm. (sighs) brutal at at a bar yeah, like no one really is paying attention and you're just like, mm, just I feel awkward, music. I feel weird. Mm-hmm. And then I don't feel like I can't enjoy it as much. But at the end of the day, as long as I'm singing, I am pretty happy. That's awesome. Yeah. Where's your next show, Em? This will be airing the 27th, I believe. That's a Wednesday. All right. My next show after that. I believe it's April 3rd. With uh, you're playing with somebody, I got How it. How do you know? Because I was looking at your website. Creeper. <laughs> um, when April twenty seventh. Well, I have a gig on the twenty eighth, but it's kind of a cover thing. Restaurant. Nice what uh, restaurant week. No, it's it's at this place called the Crystal Tea Room, in right near City 6th. Hall. Damn it! I was so close. Oh, it's like a restaurant festival. So that'll be fun. Recording on April 3rd. Damn Skippy. Um, but you can't come to that, guys. Hoping to open for Emily King on April 5th. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you never know, though. You never know. Probably not, but... Yeah. April 6th, I have a random gig in the Burbs. That should be cool, though. What is Warehouse Opening for 3? this band called The Obsoletes. I have no idea. I've never played there. Oh. But it'll be cool. The guy in the band that I know who booked me is pretty cool. Cool. Anyway. Where can people find you online? EmilyDrinker.com. Emily Drinker on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Nice. Not Snapchat. I do not use Snapchat. I think I feel like Snapchat's falling off. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I think I'm too old for it. 
<laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, you old lady. You. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Rob. I'm sorry for rambling the entire time. Rambling's good. But like I love you guys. Thanks so much for having me. This uh, is fun. Go check out emilydrinker.com. This is Dude Check This Out. Go listen to the music. Have a good time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to Dude Check This Out. Once again, if you want to learn more about Hambone Relay, please go to our website, hambonerelay.com, or go to iTunes to check out our records, or Spotify, which is where these playlists will be located for these episodes. And don't listen to the haters, man. There's plenty of good music out there. You just have to keep looking. See y'all later. I don't want to miss a thing.